Welcome, I'm Amanda Onchalenko, your host for Wisdom at the Crossroads, the podcast. My door is open and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice. I imagine you're coming in to sit down with a beverage in hand, a little morning coffee or an afternoon tea to catch up. But hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, so feel free to come just as you are. I like to think of us as slowing down for a bit to share in the backstories of an artistic life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. This invitation to join in on discussions of a visual medium, without the visuals, affords you not only a pause from the busyness of your own day, but also allows you an opportunity to co-create and connect to your own stories through the example of mine. Season one began in my archives, while season two will focus a little more in the present. I hope you'll enjoy the stories of my work evolving and share in the wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Make sure to stay tuned for the short meditation that concludes each episode. I know you'll walk away refreshed and able to simply be more and do a little less. Today's episode is about celebration, of colour, of the poppy, and of friendship. And before I begin today, I want to express my gratitude. I have always appreciated my clientele. In more than 20 years of studio practice, you are the reason I have been able to continue to do what I love to do. You know who you are. Whether you started as a friend who became a client or a client who became a friend, I want you to know I appreciate you. I appreciate the connections we have made through colour together, and I'm grateful you are part of my community. It really is the people we choose to be a part of our lives that make it what it turns out to be. My life is better because of my friends, and I'm grateful for each and every one of them. I had a friend and client recently comment on my work. I had asked if she had any questions for this podcast. She thought for a minute. She'd seen many bodies of work develop over the years and had noticed different bodies of work featured periods where different colours dominated the proceedings. Picasso had a blue period, right? Maybe I have a blue period, and a red period, and a yellow one, and a mixed agenda as well. I appreciated her observation. Sometimes it takes a fresh perspective for us to realise what we don't know and to bring our own process into focus. We'd also been chatting about the chakras and wondered together if I had subconsciously been doing personal work while at work within my painting practice. Now, I don't know the answer to that question, but the patterns were apparent, so I definitely have some thoughts to ponder in reflection. How about you? Has a friend ever brought something into focus for you in your world? Thank goodness for our friends, hey? I hope your friends are as awesome as mine. My friends' favourite paintings over the years have often been those featuring poppies. The poppy has been a recurring subject in my semi-abstracted walk with landscape. I use them as a vehicle for colour, and have found many others also have a personal or cultural association to them as well. I guess you could say the poppy as a subject became my bread and butter as a painter. You know, like a ceramic artist who becomes known for their teapots or bowls or mugs. I'm often associated with the poppy and the use of clear and vibrant colour in my work. Poppies are definitely inspiring, and I'm sure their cheeky personalities will continue to inspire me. I love, for instance, the way their delicate paper flower forms react to the wind and choreograph new visual pathways with every breath or gust. I'm inspired by their strength and fortitude, knowing they survive such a diverse range of conditions in such a variety of landscapes, and yet still manage to thrive year after year. 
there is probably a lesson for us all in their example. I also have an attachment to particular shades of red. I love, for instance, a good shoe tanned to a warm oxblood. I also appreciate the resonance of quinoquidone red light, which I use in the underlayers of a lot of my work. And though painting with colour quiets my soul, I am strangely attracted to the screaming nature of particular shades of red. Pyrol red, for example, which now comes in three golden variations, is one of my favourites that becomes like an exclamation mark in the visual vocabulary I use in my painting. Those lovely reds seek attention like noise in an airport where the din of regular announcements, gate calls and music compete with rolling hand luggage, clattering along pathways in commuting herds. I was in an airport as I thought about this episode, so the meditation that follows, a little later, evolved into an effort to find an oasis of calm in the crush of community activity. The process developed intentionally while it also addressed a personal need I had at the time to shut out some of the major airport stress we are getting reacquainted with as the world reopens. So maybe my friend was correct in her hypothesis that the elements of a painting become the parts of my accented language that, like water finding its level, is the healing journey I travel. Staying with the poppy theme in this episode, I thought I'd share a little backstory about a recent painting with the poppy as subject. Earlier this year, I was approached by a couple who were familiar with my work and had decided they wanted to commission a painting for their home. We auditioned sizes and configurations and they decided on a 36 by 48 inch horizontal plane. As my usual process, I primed two canvases of the same size and got to work on the first one. A commission can be a challenge as I strive to be true to where I am in my personal process while also being cognizant of my clients' requests. None of us can read the visual cues that occur inside the mind's eye of another, however hard we try. They wouldn't life be curious, if we could. For that reason, I suggest that those looking to purchase art do so just for themselves. Please don't buy art for someone else and never make a purchase because you feel the artist has gone to all this trouble on your account. Believe me when I say... Nobody wants their work to be relegated to a back room or closet because you felt obligated to make a purchase, or gifted art to someone else because you loved it and hoped they would too. Believe me, it doesn't often work like that. When discussing a potential piece and giving instructions for the parameters of a commission, there are some who trust in my process and experience and leave me with a go have some fun, we love what you do approach. And there are others who offer more explicit instructions that can occasionally be, well, extensive. I love the challenge of painting, whatever the subject. So whatever end of the spectrum my clients fall into, I try to be clear. I will definitely have fun, and I'll definitely enjoy the challenge, but I will not offer any guarantees that my vision will match yours. And for that same reason, I also insist there are no obligations on either side of the equation. If after two attempts I can't create what you envision, then now is just not the right time for us to work together. Maybe down the road something will peak and that will be great. Often the problem at the end of the process becomes a complicated choice of which painting to buy. Do they choose the piece that closely addresses their original criteria, the first version, or do they choose the second composition I painted with less of an attachment to an outcome? On more than one occasion, my clients have gone home with both pieces. 
In this case, my clients loved both of the paintings for different reasons and after much deliberation, adopted the second version into their home. A hint of whimsy and freedom had been the deciding factor that connected this couple to the painting and to a significant event in their lives. I love the way the universe works and how our individual perceptions connect and converge in such seemingly random yet divine ways. Painting 2 has a lovely new home, while painting 1 moved onto the sidewall at the studio. My new studio, you might recall me say, is tiny, so I had a lot of opportunities to see this piece in my peripheral vision as I worked on another series on the paint wall. Eventually, I gave in to the, there's just one more thing, that led to a few more things before I re-photographed the painting again and added a refreshed to the title. The word refreshed is my code for this was once finished, and then I finished it again. How to decide when a painting is finished might be a story for another day. We'll have to wait and see. Looking through my archive, I realized I had created an earlier painting that was full of action and felt like a celebration. So the addition of the refreshed word is definitely necessary. I can be guilty of overpainting, even though I am often striving for simplicity. The best laid plans are sometimes just a plan, and we have to accept their evolution through process. In life, as in art, some things build in louder and louder layers, much like the soundscape I found in that airport. Other paintings might offer a visual pause or a personal respite. It just depends on our perspective and what we are ready to see. The colour red is traditionally associated with the poppy, though not all poppies are red. The colour red is also associated with our root chakra, the energy centre that exists at the base of the spine. The root chakra connects us to the earth, to our physical bodies, and helps to ground us in the present. I do have a tendency to be a deep thinker, so maybe I have been using colour and red in particular to connect me to the earth, to ground myself in my physical world, or to satisfy a need within me. Anything is possible, right? The vibrancy of poppy reds and the energetic action of the natural world inferred by the poppy in all its literal and personified forms has put me in mind of the root chakra for this self-care pause. While contemplating this episode, I was between flights in a busy airport. The din of commuter groups clustered in pairs, families and friend pods finding their way, merged with the music played in restaurants competing for our attention, as well as announcements and calls for passengers to assemble at their gates. It had already been a long day, and I was in need of finding my quiet centre. I reminded myself, choice is always at hand. I have the ability to choose to create a quiet refuge wherever and whenever I need or want to. How do you find your centre in a hectic environment? Removing ourselves physically from a situation would be an effective first choice, but an extended layover in an airport doesn't offer that option. There are many situations where finding presence right where we are can be helpful. Learning to develop the ability to regulate our system, especially when the external conditions aren't favourable, is a skill definitely worth cultivating. I hope you'll add your own thoughts and images to mine as we create an interior respite together.
When we think of a meditative practice, we often imagine quiet spaces, scented candles, maybe some incense and yoga mat, and that would be lovely. But meditation doesn't have to be accompanied by ritual. If you have the opportunity to find a comfortable spot to relax or to retreat to your favorite meditation space, settle yourself there now. If, like me, you're in a crowded or stressful situation, simply sit down where you can find yourself a seat. Sometimes the intention is all the ritual we need or are able to provide to soothe our system and curate a refreshing pause wherever we are. For today's visualization, you don't require anything but your imagination. But if you have a red or dark colored stone, crystal or piece of jewelry, feel free to gather it up and have it with you to hold. The word acceptance comes to mind for me when circumstances are beyond our control. With this practice, I'd like to invite you to accept that we don't have to react to the circumstances around us. We can instead simply act. So let's try to curate a little oasis for ourselves. We'll begin with some visualization and by taking some intentional breaths. By setting an intention to pause and allowing ourselves to recalibrate, we begin to draw a metaphoric blind across the distractions around us. You might like to bookmark this practice so you can return to it when the environment you find yourself in is, for whatever reason, stressful, filled with white and loud noises, and you could benefit by taking a little interior journey. Our powers of visualization are our friend. Look how good you already are at it, listening in to visual stories without the visuals. We'll begin to ground ourselves with thoughts of the root chakra. The root chakra is the energy center at the base of the spine. This intention will help to connect us to the physical world in the present moment. This simple grounding process that can be done anywhere, with or without props. Our first energy center, the root chakra, is a revolving ball of energy that forms the foundation of the chakra tower, just below the base of the spine. Allow your focus to rest there. I like a tangible reminder of my visualization practice, especially in a stressful environment, and find the properties of the particular stones I carry can be amplified by a conscious focus. I am holding a polished chewy quartz heart during our time together. Any red or dark stone or crystal will be fine. Something that resonates for you personally would be ideal. Let's take a nice round inhale to center ourselves in the breath. To help us to settle in with ourselves wherever we are. Rest your gaze, even if you are not able to close your eyes. Surrender to the present moment and just be there, accepting of where you physically are. Together now, let's harness the power of intention as we construct an imaginary shelter, a virtual bubble around ourselves. Breathe in and out as you naturally do. And imagine with each breath, 
you are creating the building blocks of this virtual protective shell. This flexible barrier grows and settles around you as you focus on getting still and becoming quiet. Breathing in and breathing out, the rhythm of your breath cycles and your focused intention enhances the shield around you. The voices and noises around you are still present, but they are somehow less audible, less intrusive. Notice them. Accept them. But we won't allow our system to react in response to them. With our focused attention, we form a counterbalance. We temper our reactive tendencies to the energy around us. We become calmer, stiller, more peaceful with each intentional breath. Breathe in the quiet. Exhale the noise. Breathe in the calm. Exhale the stress. Visualize a calm and soothing oasis forming around you. You might like to include the coral color of cherry quartz or the color of whatever talisman you hold in your attention. Imagine that colour dissolve into airborne particles that rise and float into formation to fortify your imagined shield. Notice the arrangement of molecules as they expand and unite, then assemble in place. Breathe fully in and release fully and completely on the exhale. Breathe fully in. Release fully out. Continue to breathe naturally, yet with intention. It might be helpful to visualize a fort built by a much younger self with siblings or neighbors with fleece blankets or cardboard boxes or grandma's quilts as your building materials. Imagine those fun games of construction that resulted in the sanctuary of a cosy structure. Visualize a cosy structure as it builds around you. Within it, the light is tempered. Fluorescent rays turn to dappled sunlight. Voices recede into the background. Noise muffles. You are contained in an oasis within a larger environment. You are protected. 
You are sheltered. You are present. The thrum of competing sounds, communities, voices, the din of activity around you slows and quiets. Breathe this quiet in. Breathe in measured doses. The rhythm of the breath combined with the variation of the red colour. Breathe it in. Notice as the breath inflates and expands the root chakra and helps to ground us to the physical space we inhabit. We are calmed. We are protected. We are soothed. We are present. We are able to moderate our stress reaction right where we are, wherever we are. As you rest within the protective enclosure you have created around you, be aware. We have power over our personal choices. We are able to fortify our reactive systems with ease. We can choose an oasis of quiet within noise. We have permission to choose calm within stressful environment. We have the capacity to control our actions, to choose to react or not to react. We can construct an island of calm in a sea of chaos. We can retreat to a place of refreshment with our focused attention. In any place, at any time, Stay here for as long as you choose or are able to before you rejoin the action of the world around you. Until next time, namaste. for joining me in this practice. Time is precious, and I am very grateful you have chosen to spend some of your valuable time with me. I hope you feel refreshed after our pause together. If you're able to, I'd recommend spending a little extra time on yourself right now. Meditation helps me to feel refreshed on all levels. In fact, I'm often surprised at the depth of my focus moving forward into the rest of my day. Your imagination is a gift, and I love that you get to co-create mentally along with me. But if you would like to see the visuals I discuss in the episode, you can catch the show notes and images in the blog on my website, mandart.ca. 
which is a whole lot simpler than trying to spell my name, Anchelenko. If you have enjoyed the invitation to take a little break and found something that resonated for you, please feel free to share this opportunity with a friend or to write a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd be very grateful for your contribution. So, until we meet again on a Tuesday, may you find your own wisdom at the crossroads, where action and presence meet. Bye now.